0: give him a shout of praise Jesus we praise you and we remember that moment we remember that day in our lives when forgiveness became a reality in our hearts where we cried a simple prayer to you Jesus and your peace came into our lives into our hearts and you We're no longer just a name on a page in a book called the Bible. But you became our Savior, our Lord, the one that walks through this world with us every moment of every day. We remember the moment well, Jesus. We really do. And we want to thank you that whilst we have had times in our lives where we have been faithless. We have always found you to be faithful and true, never giving up on us. We've given up on you a lot of times, Jesus, but you've never given up on us. You've never failed us. We've let go of you, but you've never let go of us. Why? Because nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, and we always come back to that. Even though the devil accuses us, even though the devil tells us we're no good, we can never escape the fact that your love continually just pushes on through all of those accusations and all of those lies and embraces us and lifts us again to fly even with broken wings we saw in your presence today, Lord. And we want to thank you that we may have come into this place disheveled and broken and hurt. But Lord, by the end of it all, we thank you. We can leave again into a new week declaring the Lord is my strength, my helper, my salvation, my refuge. Whom shall I fear? And Lord, I pray that this would be the portion of every person in this place. Not because of what we can do or what we have done, but because what you have done, Jesus. It is your grace. By grace, we have been saved. Not from our own works, not from our own good deeds. Thank God for that, church. But because of your grace and your love, which has been richly lavished upon us, and all God's people said, Amen. Come on, why don't we give Jesus just a big shout, a big round of applause. He is worthy. We fix our eyes on Him. We fix our eyes and our hearts on Him. Amen. And you may be seated. Let's thank our musicians as well. Come on, let's give them a big shout. They bless us. They really do every single week. Well, like Faye said, it's the first Sunday in December and we are heading to that wonderful day, Christmas day. And you know, it's great, isn't it? You know, when you, you know, you go out and about, you see the Christmas lights and you hear the carols and you hear the music in the shops and you really get into that festive season. Has anybody been Christmas shopping yet? Yeah? Knocked a few Christmas presents off your list. And it's wonderful. Christmas is an amazing season. And over the next few weeks, I want us to look back at that first Christmas where Jesus came into our world. Because as we look back at that first Christmas, I think it has a message for every single one of us here today. Christmas is an amazing season, but it's more than just giving presents, the giving and receiving of gifts. It's more than just, you know, the tinsel and the Christmas tree and the lights for us. It's far more than just, you know, the, the songs, the carols that we sing. Christmas is about the arrival of a Savior, the Savior of the world, Jesus God didn't want to leave us on our own. God didn't want to leave us to our own devices. God sent His Son Jesus into our world, as we've said this morning, as our healer, as our deliverer, as our Savior, as our helper. You know, all of us have grown up with all of those voices that would try to depict God as harsh try to depict God as cruel and angry. And those voices and those pictures are as prevalent in our day to day as they've ever been. Where religions point to God as angry and cruel, one who is vengeful and judgmental. God is righteous. God is the judge of all the earth. But we live in a period today where God is graceful. And patient, desiring all men and women to turn to Him that they might receive this wonderful gift of Jesus as Savior, as Lord. Christmas is a wonderful occasion where we look back, where we remind ourselves as to the reason for the season. There is a reason for the season. And it's not just to get merry in the pub. The reason for the season is to find a saviour for your heart, to end the search, to find the answer and the purpose and the reason for living and for life. And over these next few weeks, we're going to be looking at that. Today, I'm just going to give you just a little introduction into where we are going to be heading and maybe where you would want to put your thoughts over these next weeks. Around that first moment where Christ came into our world. I wanted to read today from Luke chapter 1, from verse 26 through to verse 38. And it's where the angel visited Mary. She wasn't expecting this. It was a shock to her. The sudden arrival of an angel. Just imagine that shocked her, it it surprised her, and it involved so many changes for her life. But really, when you read this chapter, what we see is a young woman embracing change. And change is something that every single one of us face every day. Change is something that goes hand in hand with living. And as we read this, we're going to see a woman encountering change for her life and not resisting it, but embracing it. How good are you at embracing change? Change can be difficult. Change can be sudden. Change can be hard. But this woman, as we will see and as we will read, was but a teenager, and she embraced The greatest change that anybody could encounter. Let me read to you from verse 28 through to verse 38. 26, sorry, through to verse 38. It says this, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at the saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man, the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know, You read that and you see in one sudden moment, Mary encounters incredible change for her life. This was a change that was completely unexpected. This was a change that was completely unplanned. It came as a huge surprise as the angel came into her humble home in Nazareth. Probably the greatest change... In her life occurred the moment that the angel announced these, this great news of a saviour that was going to be born through her. Oh, what joy. What peace. What favour was announced to this young woman. What a prospect. What a future. She was living in Nazareth, a place that had a terrible reputation for nothing good coming out of it. Nazareth, the city, had this awful reputation that was negative. It was a place that people wanted to pass by. It certainly wasn't a place where you would expect God to visit. This was a a lowly, humble virgin. She didn't have any high hopes She didn't have any great expectation. You can can see that by the song that she sang after this encounter that she had with the angel. She didn't have any high hopes for her future. She didn't really have a big list of goals. This was just a humble young lady with a pure heart. And she thought her lot in life was to just grow up in Nazareth and live there under that Reputation of nothing good ever coming out of that place. And she just, you know, took that. But suddenly God broke into that. Christmas is about God breaking into the areas of our lives that are limited. The areas of our lives that seem so negative. The areas of our lives that seem so closed down. With no hope. And that's what happened to this young, young girl, God breaks in. The angel visits her with a message and he begins to say things that she had never even dreamed of, even thought of, even conceived in her mind. She'd never seen herself as favoured. She'd never seen herself really with any great plan for her life. And yet now, a new language A new declaration she's hearing in her ears as this angel comes to her and favours her with God's word. You're favoured, highly blessed among women. You found acceptance with God, Mary. What, in conditions like this? In a surrounding, in an environment like this? Yes, Mary. You see, God doesn't look at the outward exteriors of our lives. He looks at the inward heart and where we are in that inner place, in that private place that nobody else can see but God can see. She gets an encounter. She experiences probably the greatest change In her life, a joyful change. Why are these words and this encounter so relevant to all of us today? Well, I think one of the reasons why it's so relevant, one of the reasons why it has a great message for every single one of us, is because it's all about change. And if you've lived long enough, you know that change goes hand in hand with life. You look back on your life and you'll be able to see great changes that have brought you joy. Great changes that has secured your happiness. That you've been able to plan your future around. Change is a good thing. Change is a positive thing. Sometimes we initiate change because we want to implement good in our lives. However, all of us realize that There are changes that we have not chosen. There are changes that come in all of our lives that have a huge consequence, a huge price that we have to pay, and they come unannounced. There are some changes that occur in our lives that we've not factored for, some changes that we certainly haven't planned for. Some changes all of us have to go through that leave us confused and leave us at the end of our road. And when we get to that place where we don't know what to do or where to go, it's there that we find a consistent promise in God's Word. It's there that we find our help and our strength from the words that God has spoken. You see, circumstance can cut into all of our lives circumstance can come so aggressively and unannounced and it can have consequences and bearings on all of our lives that we just don't understand but it's in those moments it's in those moments where we're cornered by life and we don't know what to do it's in those times that we turn to God and we cry for help and he never lets us down he never lets us go But this day, this occasion, was an incredible moment for Mary. An incredible encounter that she has with the angel as she hears about her future. Hears about the favor of God. And in that moment, when God is speaking to her heart, She says an amazing phrase and it just comes up out of her heart in response, faith response to God. She hears it and she says, well, be it done unto me according to your word. Not according to the world that I live in. The world that she lived in was very negative, was very closed, was poor and humble and lowly. She was never going to get out of Nazareth. But God was talking about a different future, a different prospect for her life. And that's the beautiful thing about this young woman. As God speaks to her, she doesn't stand up and say, well, this is completely absurd. She doesn't respond to the voice of the angel and dissect every word with her reason and her logic. Just with simple heart faith, she says, well this is great news. This is unbelievable news. This is above all that I can ask or think. Be it done to me then, just as you say. And it's that word, as we will see, that held her through every circumstance, through every crisis, through every situation that she faced. Be it done to me, God. I wonder today, Has God said things to you? Has the Holy Spirit spoken promises to you? That you've said in a moment of faith, in a moment where God has met you with his word. Be it done then. Be it done unto me. You're talking and showing me about things in my future that I can't possibly bring about. But I know that all things are possible to you. Nothing will be impossible to God. Be it done to me, just how you're saying it to be. And then maybe over time, life has come hard to contradict that word that God has spoken. Circumstances cut deep to break apart that precious word. But I'm telling you now, that faith that you have in your heart, though though it may be stretched... Though the enemy may try to break it, you hold on to that word because if God has spoken it, it will not return to him void without accomplishing that for which it's been sent. Everything after Mary said, be it done unto me, everything turned against this young woman to break her apart, to crush her. Everything, her world became so dark. Her world, though she was accepted by God, everything came out to reject her and to and to refuse what God had spoken to her. But you know, what I love about Mary, and as you read through the New Testament the four gospels you see this really clearly mary just silently walks through every trial every difficulty every confusing circumstance that faced her she doesn't question god she doesn't get angry with god she doesn't say well listen this is the, enough of all of this 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 word from the angel has brought me nothing but trouble and it did it brought, this, it brought this woman, this young woman, a huge amount of trouble. Immense personal cost. But she had said, see it shows us something about the amazing character and the reason why this young woman was chosen by God. She didn't say, this has brought me trouble. Enough is enough. I'm, I'm on my way, man. No, she just silently seems to embrace everything as she just kept her hope and her faith and her trust in God, in God. And you know, we could go around this room today, and many of us, just like Mary, many of us have gone through trials, things we can't explain, Things that we we can't understand, maybe things in our body, maybe things in our homes, maybe things out there in our world, in our workplace, in our schools, our universities, and you get battered by life and you get beaten and and everything tries to belittle that faith that that God has placed in your heart and yet you're still here, yet you're still serving Jesus. Jesus. A few bruises, a few cuts, a few black eyes, a few broken ribs, but you're still here. That's faith. That's faith. Faith that enables you to persevere. Faith that James talks about that enables you to go through the trials of life. Faith. And that's the faith that this young woman had. first Christmas, as we see it represented in the Bible, where the angel Gabriel met Mary in Nazareth, points to a picture of immense change, 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 a change for her, sacrifices for her. Do you know, I remember when I, was, uh, when I was just preparing this message this morning, my mind went back to an occasion in this church. And Dale will remember this. When a young man stood up here and his... Listen, we all make mistakes, don't we? All of us. A young man stood up here and he pointed to the leadership. And he said, change. He pointed to the musicians one by one. He said, Change. And then he pointed to you lot. And I was, when I was sat down by there. And he pointed to each one of us. And he said, change. The only person he didn't point to was himself. And do you know what? Do you know what? Very often, we want everybody else to change. But we don't want to change ourselves. Changing ourselves and changing how we would approach life. Oh, that's a whole different matter altogether. But this woman embraced change for her life. And one of the first changes that she encountered was in her relationship with Joseph. She was betrothed to Joseph to be married. And betrothal in those days was as good as marriage. The families had come together. They'd celebrated the fact that this young couple would move into a moment where they would solemnize their marriage covenant together. But the betrothal was this celebration and this, this enactment of marriage. Marriage, in essence, let's say probably 80% of the marriage vow had taken place. The final 20% was the solemnizing of their union as they would come together as man and wife. And yet, when Mary embraced this word from God, little did she know that it was going to change and confuse Joseph, the one that she was betrothed to. Joseph wanted to put her away, not because he was a bad guy. Secretly, he cared for her. He didn't want to make a public spectacle of her. But there was a very real problem because Mary was telling Joseph that there was a baby in her womb and This baby had been conceived as a result of the power of the Holy Spirit overshadowing her. And Joseph, being a righteous man, just struggled to believe that. Let me read it to you. We'll jump a few scriptures. I think I got it somewhere. Maybe I haven't. No. Oh, yeah, here we go. Matthew chapter 1, verse 19 to 20. It says this, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. You see, she encountered change. And she embraced change for her life. And as a result, her external world began to change as a result of the change that she embraced. But you know what? When your heart is right, when your heart is for God, when your heart says, Be it done unto me according to your word, God will take take care of the world that you're living in. Because it says that the angel appeared to Joseph, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. God looked after it. God took care of it. God even brought Joseph into this situation where he established him in the same word that he had spoken to Mary. And now together, even though there would be confusion around them, now together they could go toward fulfilling the word that God had spoken to them. But both of them had to encounter change at great personal cost. Do you know, as we follow Jesus, change is something that is always a reality. Not only is it a reality of life that we face and we live, but change is something that is always a reality within us and around us. And some of the changes that may have gone on over this last year in your life, you may look back and some of the changes may be severe, uninvited, burst into your life like an intruder, grabbed you by the scruff of the neck and pinned you to the floor. Some of the changes that we encounter are not invited. But in the face of them all, we keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith and this is what Mary did this is what Joseph did whilst the world around them was inconsistent whilst the world around them was all in turmoil the consistent word that became their compass for life in amidst all of the changes that faced them was God's word was God's word Hold on to that verse of Scripture. Hold on to that line. Hold on to that word that's been spoken over you, for it shall surely be fulfilled in the time when God desires to fulfill it. It will. It's through faith and patience that you'll inherit that promise of God. Don't give up. If Mary were to say anything to us today, it would be, don't give up amidst hardship." Don't throw in the towel when the fight gets severe. Don't lose hope in the midst of darkness. This was an amazing day in Luke chapter 1 that we've read about. An amazing announcement that the angel Gabriel spoke to Mary. But equally, it's amazing what the angel didn't tell her. It's amazing when we look, and as we've read and heard what the angel said to Mary, but equally, it's as amazing what he didn't tell her. She was told to rejoice because she was highly favored by God, blessed above all women. But she wasn't told that Joseph was going to have a real problem with this situation and was possibly going to reject her. And put it away secretly. She was told. That Jesus. The child that would be born through her. Would be great. But she wasn't told. That her and Joseph. Would have to travel over a hundred miles. From Nazareth to Bethlehem. On the back of a donkey. In the middle of the night. She wasn't told. About the strenuous journey. And about the rejection of all of those innkeepers that they went to, to get a bed, to bring this baby into the world. She wasn't told about that. She was told about the greatness of this child that would be born through her. And she accepted that. She embraced that. But she wasn't told about all of the confusing circumstances that would come as a result of saying, be it done unto me. She was told that Jesus would rule and reign and that his kingdom would never end, that he would sit on David's throne. But she wasn't told that Herod would hunt them down and hunt this child down like a little animal, butchering tens of thousands of male children under the age of two, as darkness would settle over that whole region. She wasn't told about the conflict and all of the, contradiction, all of the contradicting circumstances that would rain down on their lives as a result of simple faith unobedience, and just wanting to work out the Word of God for their lives. She wasn't told that in the middle of the night, the same angel that appeared to her that announced God's favor would, would break in in the middle of the night and say, run for your life, flee from here, get to Egypt. And then when they arrive in Egypt, they've got to stay there for two years. Until Herod dies and his son begins to reign. And then, and then listen to this guess where they go back to? Nazareth. Full circle. They end up back in that dead end place. Why? So that Jesus, as he's growing up, can fulfill a prophecy as the Scriptures had declared thousands of years before, he will be called a Nazarene, full circle, so that the Word of God could be fulfilled. How could Mary handle all of that? How could Mary give her life to all of those confusing circumstances? I'll tell you why. It's in a line that she spoke and promised to God when the angel came to her. She said, "Behold, I'm your maidservant." Oh, what a heart! Not only to say, "Be it done unto me according to your word," but to finish it by saying, "Hey, listen, God, I want you to know that I'm just your servant. I'm your maidservant. I'm your slave, and whatever you say, and whatever comes my way as a result of these circumstances that are going to be conflicting, I." I'm your servant anyway, so I'm not going to question you. I'm not going to get hard-hearted. I'm not going to turn my back on you. I'm going to come on through with everything that you've told me's going to happen. All oh, the changes, the changes. But you know, God had placed a faith in her that was strong enough, tenacious enough to walk the course. And that same faith That same faith is in you. It really is. Do you know in Ephesians 1, chapter 6, it says this, God has made you accepted in the beloved. God has made you and me accepted in the beloved. Do you know the only other occasion where that word accepted occurs? It's in Luke chapter 1 where the angel came to Mary and said, You're accepted by God. You're favored by God. Among all women, above all women. The same acceptance that Mary has, you have as a result of being in Christ now. The same grace, the same honor, the same great plan that she was opened up to as a result of hearing the voice of the angel, that same great plan and purpose arrives in all of our lives as we are found in Jesus Christ. It really is. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. Do you know, we're going to look at this over the next weeks. Next week, we've got our children's performance. It's going to be fantastic. It really is. Invite your friends and family to come along to that, to enjoy. But I wonder today, I wonder today, what changes are occurring in your life? Maybe it's a time of great change. Maybe it's a time of excitement where you're striding forward. That's great when we have changes come about in our lives and enable us to take great strides forward. That's really good. But maybe there could have been changes in your life that have come uninvited and unannounced. Changes that you would have loved to have known about so you could prepare for. But they've come with suddenness. And your life has changed as a result of those Unannounced changes that have come. Let me encourage you today. Hold on to the word of God. Hold on to the promises of God. David said, your word... In amidst the darkness of my world, in amidst all of the fluctuations and the ups and the downs and, and the dark darkest of nights, your word is a light unto my feet, a lamp unto my path. It's that word of God that will lead you through the darkness of the night. It's that word of God that will lead you through all of the conflicting, confusing circumstances that you face. It's that word from God. Jesus put it like this, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I'm telling you now, you have access to the still small voice. You have access to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Church of God, you really do. And that's how Mary and Joseph could get through all of those, all of those besetting circumstances. Because like Paul said, We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by trust, not by reason and logic. We put our faith and our trust in what you've spoken. That's how they could get on through. That's how they could make it to bring Jesus into our world, the Savior. That's how they did it. And it's a message of encouragement to every single one of us. Yes, life is hard. Yes, circumstances sometimes collide with where we're going and what we want to do and change everything forever. But I'm telling you now, there's one thing that remains. There's one thing that never fails. It's the Word of God. The Bible says that the grass withers, the flower fades. Talking about life, it's constantly subject to change. But the Word of of God endures forever. It's the one constant. It's the one changeless element, the promises of God that brings us on through church. And I want to encourage you this Christmas, get into the Word of God. Read it like never before. Let it live in you. Oh, let it, let it take you apart and build you back together again. Get your hope from it. Get your security from it. Get into the Word of God. Do you know there's real I'm going to finish with this now. There's real food and there's processed food. Real food, processed food. Real food is the best. Real food is the best. And we've been invited to eat the best. Eat the best. Eat the best. Not easy. Eat the best. Amen. Father, I thank you for your people today. Lord, I thank you. Holy Spirit, you know every single one of us. You love us so much. And Lord, I pray as we've read your word today, that it would find a place in our heart. Maybe today, some of us are celebrating, having heard a word from your heart to our heart. We're celebrating like Mary. We're favored. We're chosen. We're beloved. Others of us, Lord, may be at another point in our lives where the change has kicked in and circumstances are contradicting that very word that we hold in our heart. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would strengthen everybody's faith in this place. I pray, Lord, that you would, Lord, enable us to run and not grow weary, walk and not grow faint, rise with wings of eagles and soar on the thermals of your grace and your favor. Lord, I pray that every single person here in this place, Lord, would know your life dwelling within them taking them through, enabling them to do what you've called them to do. I pray, Lord, that none of us would have a spirit of fear. We've not been given a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind, that we would walk by faith and not by sight. Lord God, that we would go on to the finish line, knowing that you are the author and the perfecter of our faith. And Lord, no matter what comes our way, we thank you, Lord, that your promises will hold us and bring us on through. In Jesus' name. Now, you may be in this place today, and you may have never prayed a prayer asking Jesus into your heart. You say, but Dave, my head doesn't understand it. I know. Our heads didn't understand it either. It's not something that you can understand with your reason and your rationale. It's a heart faith decision to place your life and the outworking of it in the hands of Jesus, to know Him as Savior. I'm going to ask, as our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, I'm going to ask you, do you want to pray a prayer today to ask Jesus into your heart, to open your life to the Savior? You say, but Dave, he wouldn't want to live in my heart. Well, he was born in a dirty cattle shed. He didn't come and live in a palace. He's willing to make the journey into our heart so that he can save us. I'm going to pray with you right now. And if you want to pray that prayer, just quietly say these words with me. It's just... To help you, say this Jesus, quietly, Jesus, I ask you to be my Savior. I ask you to come into my heart. I don't know much about you, but I want to put my faith, my trust, In you today, please forgive me my sin. Give me this peace that you promise. I ask today in Jesus' name, Father, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, maybe mention to the person that brought you here today, or if you came on your own, come and see me. Just tell them about that prayer that you prayed. We'd love to join you and help you and support you in the weeks and the months to come. And this, we're more than happy for for it to be your family and the place where you can grow and thrive in the decision that you've made. Amen. We're going to stand to our feet. We're going to sing before we go. Why don't we give Jesus a shout? Come on. We love to sing in this place. His praise, his grace, come on church, let's give it praise!